0: trophy wives and unfortunately Kristen's not good enough to be a trophy wife so she had to be a hooker. I can't blame the kid she was raised this way. Ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome and welcome back to Soap the official gathering place for newbies novices and OG diehard fans of the golden age of primetime. I'm your host Jet, and I'm viewing and reviewing the Sophie Assetzias primetime storylines of the 80s 90s and early 2000s. It is, at last, a Dallas type of day. We're jumping into Season three's Episode 21, Divorce, Ewing Style. And baby, you know it gets ugly before we even get off the show good. So whether you're new to this or true to this, sit back and enjoy. Tell the kids to play outside or out of sight, because we got some grown folks business to talk about. Tell bae, no questions, suggestions, or concerns for the next 25 to 35 minutes. Everyone else in earshot, you know what it is. Cool quieter, be kicked out. Only three options because we are discussing our stories, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is Soap Lore. Hello, gorgeous, welcome back to another fun filled edition of Soap Lore Party People. I hope this week is shaping up well for you because it's shaping up wonderfully for me. So glad I decided to watch these episodes in close connection to each other versus spreading them out like I usually do. It's been fantastic. We were on a uh, sort of trip on Dynasty, then it got real, real low on Falcon Crest. I shed actual tears. I hate to admit that, but I did. But on Dallas, oh, I got good and mad and you will too. So I suggest something smooth And a little bit chilly because you're going to get a little bit heated as we discuss season three, episode 21 of Dallas, Divorce Ewing Style. Now, I'll say this before we get started. I am writing and rewriting the rules of how to survive an 80s primetime soap opera. My girl, Sue Ellen, I don't know what's going on with the Bad Girls Club this week, but we got to get to the bottom of this. Go ahead and kick your feet up. Let's jump right in. Now, we all know she has been through it. My girl, Sue Ellen. She's been a drunk. She's been a misused wife. She's been held at gunpoint and had to sing a Barbara Streisand song in her bathing suit. Lucky for her, as she told us before, season one, episode five, when she got drunk at that barbecue and <laughs> even gained a pound since Miss Texas. Something like that, she says. So she looked amazing. However, it then spun her into this this uh this cycle so she starts looking for love in all the wrong places she slips into cliff's bed she has a ruckus six-week rendezvous with him only to find out she's pregnant and she thinks the baby's his this whole time turns out that's not so about seven months into her pregnancy she gets so drunk that they end up putting her in this uh i'm gonna say insane asylum that's not what it's called sanatorium i guess is what it's called She escapes, slams into a pole, promptly gives birth to a baby, ignores the baby for the first three to four months of his life. Then she finally gets it all together. She can hold the baby now. She's going to a psychiatrist. She's on her namaste. She's even able to put up a happy front at home. By all accounts, Sue Ellen is winning, or at least she's playing the game well. Bad girl one-on-one. You got to know who to placate to and you got to know when to plan. And it seems like Sue Ellen has gotten to her bedroom, opened a notebook, got that pen and pad together and come up with the plan. Her plan was to put on the best show of her life. She's going to treat every day, every moment she's outside her bedroom, every moment she's has a pair of eyes on her, whether it's one pair or a hundred, she is going to be the perfect wife, loving, adoring, The happiest mother you ever saw. Oh, her and Jr are just so happy. They're such a cute couple. Aren't they darling, y'all? Aren't they just precious? And she's doing so well until, until she reveals it to Jr. her plan that is, last episode. Remember, she tells him at the end that she's going to play him and that she's going to take that baby from him. Why you would give a ruthless man even an inch knowing he'll take 17 miles is beyond me but she does so at the beginning of this episode jr is coming home i suppose at a decent hour and i only say that because the house unbeknownst to him is filled with people there to celebrate he and sue ellen's anniversary only he doesn't know it so he walks in and he does i guess a spidey starts tingling and then all of a sudden the lights come on surprise it is a surprise anniversary party Never known a wife to throw a surprise anniversary party. That seems a little bit self-serving to me, don't you think? Surprise birthdays, surprise congratulations. But surprise anniversary party shouldn't be a surprise, right? At least not to the two parties involved. Anyway, that's not the case here because this ain't no happy marriage. And they certainly aren't celebrating their marriage. So we get a real good look over the living room. We get to see all the people that are there. Now, most of these people I've never seen before in my life. The only person who really matters, though, is good sister, bad girl, Kristen. She's in the corner and she is P-I-S-S-E-D. She is fuming. She is rolling her eyes at this shenanigan, this this hoax that she has to endure. And she can't believe it. Now, Jr. is a little bit nervous, like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Because he already know. So, Ellen don't really like him like that. So, what is all this? Well, she's kissing and she's just hugging him and she's so proud. She wants everybody very smart, very brilliant to invite outside people in so that everyone can bear witness to her love and affection for him. So that if and when this divorce does happen, she's going to look like a, it's going to blow everyone's mind. No one's going to be able to believe it. Simple enough, right? Keep listening. So Jr. slowly makes his way through the party, and he makes his way over to Kristen. And Kristen is like, "I cannot believe she even invited me." My question is like, "Why would you show up?" But I guess why wouldn't you show up? Everyone here is playing a part. So Sue Ellen Walt is right over when she sees them together, and she's like, "I'd like to make a toast. Ah, uh, you know, congratulating my dear sister. She's on her way back to California, and I hope that one day she finds her own man as wonderful as Jr." <laughs> that's right, her O-W-N man, her own man, not my man, she can have him, actually, I don't really want him, she doesn't say all that, but it's implied in Kristen's already thin, Kristen has a funny mouth, I can't quite figure, I don't know, it could just be the way she holds her face, but she's got this, I don't know, something's a little bit odd to me about it, anyway, Kristen's furious, she's like, how dare this woman embarrass me, I'm only sleeping with her husband. Like, can I not get the respect of the proper side chick? Absolutely not. So, JR has forgotten that two nights ago she told him her whole plan. Totally forgot that. He forgot what Sue Ellen told him. So, they go upstairs and she's all pretending to be lovey dovey. As soon as the doors close, he lays on the bed and he's like, he thinks he's about to get lucky. He's all into it. And she's like, JR, did not tell you already? I want the world to see, and then I'm going to divorce you, and I'm going to take my son. Period, point, point. Don't get comfortable, homeboy. This is not a dream. This is a nightmare. You need to wake up and snap out of it. Finally, it starts to sink in. He's like, oh, here she goes. Then this seems all fine and well. She can threaten him. I'm sure she said this 160 times before, but she's never done anything. So this entire episode is just Jr. kind of living out a normal day. He... Goes to work for a little bit. He's feeling He's feeling a little bit anxious. He takes a meeting with Bobby. Chastises Bobby for a decision he makes. He makes a few phone calls. Then he heads over to his new jump off. This hooker that he pays $200 to be with. He goes over there. And then at the end of the day. He decides he'll go visit Kristen. Now Kristen has been lying in wait all day. She's been blowing up the office phone. Once again Kristen can't accept the fact that she is a side chick. Not only is she a side chick. She is a. She's an off-limits side chick. She shouldn't even be in the picture. But of course, she keeps forgetting that. And she is slowly fading into the background now. Unbeknownst to JR, she's had a surprise visitor that day. None other than almost called him JR. What is it? Not Cliff. What is his name? What's Euphoria's government name? Oh, yes. Alan. Alan, Euphoria Beam, comes over. Well, actually... Let me rewind that a little bit. Euphoria shows up at, almost at Denver Carrington. Maybe I shouldn't have watched these all together. He shows up at the Ewing Oil, whatever. He shows up at the office and he's talking to JR and he's like, JR, basically you got me fired. So I need you to help me out. Like I was loyal to you. I did the right thing by you. Why don't you just leave well enough alone? JR plays dumb, da, da, dum dum dum. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't imagine why you would get fired Oh well. So Euphoria, being the demi villain that he is, he remembers that he helped mastermind Cliff's demise. So why can't he do the same for JR, right? Makes sense. He heads over to Kristen's apartment and he's like, hey, I have a deal for you. Help me get JR and I'll make it worth your while. She's like, it better be worth my while because I frankly don't do anything without a payoff. Okay, fair enough. She is a side chick after all. And if she'll sleep with her sister's husband, then she'll do anything. Or so it would seem. So later that night, J.R. comes over and she starts in on him about how they need to spend more time together. And he gets really bored right away. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go like, yeah, I just got to leave. And you you would think she'd be depressed or something. She's a little bit upset. I think he slips her $200 And she just kind of pouts on the couch. So I was totally surprised within the next few scenes when she agrees to help JR. Now, after he leaves her apartment, he starts to notice that there's this car following him. It follows him a couple other places and he ends up going or calling like a PI or calling the cops to have them look into it. Well, turns out this guy is a PI, a private investigator, and he has been following him for a few weeks. They set a little trap for the guy. He's immediately caught because he doesn't know how to leave a good tail. He's like following right behind him. So the cops pull him over. Jr. jumps out and he demands to know who hired you. Who hired you? Sue Ellen. Sue Ellen hired him so that she could give receipts. She knows it's not enough to accuse this man of being a cheater. She wanted records. Now, as luck would have it, he was doing all the cheating he wanted that day. He's cheated two, three times in a day. Who does that? J.R. you and us who. So he starts getting a little bit nervous and he convinces the PI to sully his report. He wants him to doctor it a little bit for if he knows what's good for him. Not only that, he comes up with his own diabolical plan, one so terrible that it would absolutely guarantee that Sue Ellen would never, ever, ever gain custody of their child again. Now I'm saying... As I'm watching this, I'm just like, dang, this is really good. First off, this show was written 40 years ago and this is musty TV today. So good. And this is the difference between a bad girl who's not quite a villain and a super villain. This man knows it's in his best interest to make her look as, as unreliable as humanly possible. Now, you can't deny what she says because he's already, there's reports, allegedly. Who's to, who's to say she hasn't, he hasn't been following her for months. Who's to say that's the only PI she hired? What he needs to do right now is chop her credibility in half and do it with the quickness. Now, he can't do it by saying, oh, she cheated. Because guess what? She's been paraded in front of all of Dallas and it looks like she didn't. The only thing he has over her is the fact that she liked to do a little drinkity drink the bottom of the bottle from time to time. Now they tried to keep that under wraps, but we all know it's one of those well-kept, not well-kept, it's one of those unspoken secrets. Everybody has seen Sue Ellen a little bit tipsy at one point or another. She showed out at the barbecue. She was pretending to be Lady Godiva on the back of that horse. She showed up to the Daughters of the Alamo a few times, a little bit tipsy. It's out there. So would it be hard to for other people to believe that? No. So he just has to work twice as hard to make sure that everything she does from here on out is just a little bit suspect. It's just like Adam. It's a Which is why I say Adam is on his rise. You plant just enough doubt. Doesn't even need to be 20%. You plant 15% doubt in someone's mind and that seed will grow and grow and grow. Unfortunately for old Ellen, that's exactly what happens. And like I said earlier, her little sister is on board because she is convinced. Oh, I didn't tell y'all this part. So Jr. approaches Kristen like, hey, you gonna help me out? Of course I'm gonna help you out. I love you, Jr. I wanna be with you. I'll only help you out if you promise to marry me. Now, come on. The look on his face immediately was like, ooh, mm, I don't know. And he's like. Kristen, I mean, I just can't marry you and then you, you're you going to live like on Southwark. It's going to be really weird. My parents are going to think it's super strange that I marry you. Your parents and everybody else are going to think it's really strange. And plus, the optics of that aren't great. You divorce too and then marry her little sister. Even if it's two years later, it looks really weird. So Kristen does the schemiest, scandalous, most low-down, gutter, side chick crap I've ever seen in my life. She invites Sue Ellen to lunch now for whatever reason Sue Ellen is holding no hard feelings towards her sister she already know ain't shit he was never gonna be shit so let's just let him do him she feels like okay I guess Kristen has just got caught up in it so they go to lunch and Kristen starts waxing poetic about how sorry she is I'm so sorry Sue Ellen. I just you know I just <sighs> I'm only doing what mother taught us to do mm-hmm kicks well and all in her deep feelings like tanks, she's right our mother did groom us to be hookery dookery or trophy wives and unfortunately Kristen's not good enough to be a trophy wife so she had to be a hooker I can't blame the kid she was raised this way she was raised this way by a money-grubbing absolute no good narcissistic mother so can't hold it against her so she's like baby girl don't even worry about it like I don't care what you or Jr. does. I just, you right. You right, baby. You never stood a chance. But you know what? You so smart, baby girl. You're so smart. You learned this early on. I'm proud of you. Just really good sisterly stuff. Like she even wants to be friends with her. Do you know this little heifer has a glass full of, in my mind, it's Jack Daniels. Something strong. Jack Daniels and Coke. Filled to the tippy, tippy brim. And she pretends to reach for Sue Ellen, but only she's like punching the glass which'll spill all over Sue Ellen's flawless cream ensemble, making her look like a fool in the middle of the restaurant. But you know Sue Ellen's so high on that love, like don't even worry about it, girl. I'll just let me go get some paper towels. I'll dry off, and then she drives home. So she drives home, and of course, her elderly in-laws are sitting outside just waiting for people to walk up, I guess, and they're like, "Hey, girl, how's it going?" Oh, I'm fine. What happened to your skirt, Ellen? Oh, Kristen spilled a little rooty beer or something on me. And Jock is like, golly, what was she drinking? She says, I know. I almost threw up on the way home. And then she goes in the house. Now, this is the thing that gets me. You ever. <laughs> oh, it's one of the dirtiest tricks in the book, but it's also very, very effective. I see this a lot when people are flipping out at like a fast food restaurant or perhaps at Kohl's. And you want to make a return, you start to get a little bit elevated if they're pressing you for like your receipt or something, right? An inconvenience that is difficult to prove is an inconvenience. You know what I'm saying? I've watched people and I've been there myself where you try to remain calm because you know, if you elevate your voice, it's very easy for people to be like, ma'am, ma'am, stop yelling. It's like, oh, any, any outburst out versus a terrible word, because it implies that you are a little bit unhinged. Any show of emotion that is elevated in any way, whether physically or vocally, you look like the crazy person. Even if you're accurate, you could be screaming at somebody who just reversed into your car, like, stop, stop, stop. Oh my gosh, she was screaming at me. She's so crazy. Well, that's what they're doing so well. And yes, she happens to be drenched in alcohol, but She's like, I really wasn't drinking. It doesn't matter what you say. People are always going to assume the worst. So this whole series of events goes on like that. So Jr. comes home and he, of course, plants that seed, that 15%. I don't know, mom and daddy. She's acting real funny lately. I think she might be drinking again. And then Jock's old ass is like, oh, well, she did kind of reek the other day. But Ellie, thank God, is like, "Mm, I kind of believe her. I think somebody spilled something on her. Well, it just escalates. It goes on and on. For the record, there are other people in the show. There's a little bit about Ellie, but I'm sure it'll be brought up later on. I don't feel it's that important. She's on that whole mission to keep that park a park and not turn it into the suburbs. Because she wants to keep Dallas nice and open like a prairie. I was thinking she'd roll over today. Dallas is, oh my gosh, the traffic in Dallas is wild. It's a great city, though. If you've never visited, you should definitely visit. It's kind of unique. Like it's so Texas, but it's, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's the best city in Texas. I personally love, love, love Austin. San Antonio has its own charm. Houston has its own. It's like Houston, but not as busy. And then if you you go 30 miles one way, you're going to see cattle and ranch and I guess South Fork. And then if you go 30 miles the other way, you'll see like woodland areas. It's a unique little town. I love Dallas. Anyway. Ellie doesn't want to see Dallas turn into the metroplex that it is today. She wants to keep it nice and prairie-like for all the cow folk. And that dude that's with her, it's like an old guy that she knows from back in the day. His point is like, and not everybody has a ranch, Ellie. Like, you, like why do you even care? You don't even live in Dallas. Valid point. We're going to leave it there because I'm sure that'll blow up later on. At this point, Sue Ellen is still a little bit clueless. She isn't fully aware of the plan that Jr. has cooked up but she's starting to, to catch wind of it. So Sue, Sue, Ellen, Sue Ellen's slimy little sister, Kristen, shows up at the the Ewing Oil office and she's allegedly waiting for Jr. only. She's really waiting for Jock. Jr. called her. He told her to make sure she gets down to the office. They need to continue to plant that 15% down so that Sue Ellen is starting to look like she's falling apart. So Kristen is waiting in the office. Jock shows up. Of course, he's going to invite her into his office so she didn't have to wait out in the lobby with the rest of the common folk, i.e., her other co workers. They go into the office and she's concerned. She's like, she well, pretends to be concerned and she tells Jock that Sue Ellen had about four, five, six, seven, eight drinks at lunch the other day. And you know, he's super gullible anyway. He was like, well, you know, she dared, she dared come home small in high heaven. She's like, yeah, she got super drunk. It was really embarrassing. She got super sloppy in the middle of the day. So now there's this whole fiasco to deal with. They say the devil works hard, but Christian works harder. Nobody works harder than J.R. Ewing. So he's got Kristen in the office planting the seed. He has the PI on his payroll now. He has his mom sort of believing that, well, the family as a whole sort of believing that, um, Sue Ellen has fallen off the wagon, which has always been really weird to me because I thought if anybody would know if a, a drunk lives in a house, you would think Pam would be the first person to clock that, right? If Digger Barnes being her father is the, the worst drunk she's ever seen, you'd think it'd be really easy to kind of sniff that thing out. She never seemed to notice. That was always kind of weird for me. She never really noticed or was heavily concerned, even when Sue Ellen was pregnant. There was a little concern, but like not a lot. Anyway, the point is the seed has already been planted. So Sue Ellen is, this is unbeknownst to her. She's minding her business. She's living her life. She's still putting on the facade as wife number one in Dallas. So she's driving home when she's pulled over. She, of course, cooperates, but she's taken down to the jailhouse. Of course, the sheriff is also on JR's payroll. So he calls South Fork and says, hey, you need to come get your wife. And the story is that he pulled her over on suspicion of drinking. Now, this could have easily been taken care of right then and there. There's no reason for her to get into the cop car. You would think a woman with this privilege and power would know that. But she seems to have gotten into the back of the car and had to be picked up downtown. Well, the truth is they didn't give her a sobriety test because she's a quote unquote Ewing. And they don't want that in the paper. But the truth is Jr. wanted her in the back of that police car. So when she gets home, at this point, she's super pissed because it's like she really hasn't been doing all the things. She's She didn't go to rehab. She just kind of nursed herself back. She's been taking the steps. She's been being the wife. She's been accountable. And this is how she's repaid. So at this point, she's pissed. She knows it's JR. She, she don't have time for it you've taken it too far so when she gets back to the house she's like you know what I know y'all believe I've been drinking and I haven't but it's because your psycho son wants to put me back in that sanatorium and I don't want to go I'm gonna let you know right now I'm not going back he's only doing this because I want to divorce him and that's what pissed me off mom and dad aka Ellie and Jock are like but everything's been going so great Y'all have a disgruntled marriage, you know, when things aren't right, they couldn't tell that she's been faking all this time because, you know, she put on the biggest pageant in all of Texas. You want to show you got one. She's like, no, I've been doing my part to be the best possible wife so when that when I do go to divorce this man, the chips are going to be stacked in my favor so he won't take my kid away from me. Matter of fact, I can show you better than I can tell you. She runs upstairs. She has a like a dresser with a jewelry tray in it. She lifts up the tray. That's where all her super secret JR receipts are stored, or so she thinks. She pulls out that little Manila envelope. She goes downstairs and she's proud, like shoulders back, like thank you. Yes. She walks in the room like like take notice, people. JR, I want you to see this. I'm going to show your mom and daddy what a scumbag you are. So she passes the papers over and they start reading over to Jock and Ellie. They start reading and there's nothing on the paper but, oh, he went to this meeting, he went to that meeting, he went to this meeting. And so his parents are like, well, Sue Ellen, that's exactly what he is supposed to do. she looks at the paper, she reads him, and it hits her. Oh my God. He got to them. He got to them. And finally, after three seasons, what are we up to? About 60 episodes. She finally snaps Crackle and pops on him. Just like Tina did in the back of that limousine all night. She couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> she goes flying across the room, swinging. You son of a bitch! You bloodthirsty You son of a bitch! You You He's hitting him, bow, 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 wailing on him or whatnot. And he's just looking, you know, it's that thing. It's that thing where people are telling you to calm down, but there really is a justification. It's like, I'm not crazy. He's crazy. Well, The person yelling is always crazy. So unfortunately for Sue Ellen, this has painted a picture that she can't quite miss Texas her way out of. Another stellar performance on Dallas. So good, so good this episode. I can't wait to see what happens next. I don't know how long she's going to be able to deal with this. Like at this point, she's literally living in a prison. There's no escape. There's no, there's not going to be a divorce. not going to be a clean one at least. But hopefully she can come up with something. It just goes back to kind of keeping your business to yourself. Has she not spoiled her plans and told him? I think this might have gone a little bit differently, but oh well. All right, guys, that's it. That's all join me next time as we have the versus 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 episode i already know who didn't win it is a two-way race this one is this week as far as country side but in the meantime in between time enjoy yourself be kind to yourself because you deserve it stay hydrated stay moisturized mind your own business and keep all of your drama on tv